Hi, this is Russ Ballard, and you're listening to the Voices of Russ Ballard podcast. Well, welcome again to the Voices of Russ Ballard with me, Uncle Ian. And me, Sven. I just wanted to say, okay, this time for the very first time, we do have Uncle Ian (laughs) in this podcast. Uh, I have a strong feeling we can't afford this guy any longer now that he came to massive fame in London. Ian, could you tell us a little bit about what you um, what you have seen and experienced over the last couple of days? Uh, well, I think we ought to just talk about the gig, the, the gig which was uh, the Shepherd's Bush, which was Russ, was, as we know, was supporting... Um, the wonderful Rick Wakeman and I was fortunate enough to, to be there and um, Russ asked me to um, introduce him on stage which was great um, but I think I'd like to just just sort of give you a little a little sort of glimpse of what it was like because it was going down in the lift with these musicians and and all of them the whole band are great guys are very very cool and I mean Russ himself obviously is the, the coolest guy around anyway he just <laughs> just sort of He's just going about his work. He was, he was brilliant, but um, all of them were just just wonderful. And I, and I was fortunate to be we be with them. We went down in the lift. There's two minutes to go. You can see it on the video. It's worth a look. And there's some chit chat going around. But all the new guys, you know, PJ, Josh Henrik, um, and and Mark Rapson, brilliant. Obviously, Roly Roly's been there before. He's not the new guy anymore. But a special mention to Mark Rapson because he's a really funny guy. And he made me, he was, had me in, in, in tears of laughter almost on, on that, uh, in, in that lift going down. I can't say what he said, otherwise we might go off air, but, um, but it was quite funny. <laughs> it was very funny, but really good camaraderie. And I was able to witness that, at, at, you know, and all the sort of tension that these proper professional musicians have. It was brilliant. Very good. Lovely. And, and, so lucky you. You had a brilliant time with the guys. We've seen something on your videos, and uh, yeah. uh, correct me um, if I'm wrong, but you said to Mark Rapson, "Are you doing stand-up comedy?" <laughs> I did, because it's and he said not yet, which was a typical off-the-cuff reaction. So funny, funny Mark. Um, yeah, funny Mark. Ian, I think today will be good fun for us. We have brilliant guests. Maybe some of our listeners are not really familiar with the the band. We want to introduce you to um, two brilliant guests. That will be really good fun. Ian, anything you want to add to here? Do, do you do you want to give our listeners a taste of the music of our guests? I, I think so. I think uh, we, we'd like to do that. Um, and you and I are really into them. But but let's not forget they almost they were two days away from supporting Russ on a on a German oh, yeah. that that you and I were going to be at as well. And and that's you know they're still disappointed about that all these all these months later. Um, but. They are very, very talented, the whole band. We were fortunate to speak to David and the Duchess from Space Elevator. And we, we're going to be talking to them in some depth. Sven loves them. I love them. But as a taster for the podcast, let's play you a song right up front. This is from the new album, Persona Non Grata. This is the wonderful Stevie Nicks' Smile. 
think of that, Sven? That's Stevie Nicks' Smile from Space Elevator. It's really a wonderful track. Um, it has something. It's a catchy track. Mm. But now, let's don't waste any longer the, the, the time of our listeners and jump straight into our lovely podcast with David and the Duchess from Space Elevator. Let's go. Hello, I'm Chris White, and you're listening to the Voices of Rust Ballard podcast. Well, everybody, it's it's no ordinary day, and we can't keep waiting anymore. We can fly now and love you better than ever before here in the Voices of Rust Ballard. We will hold on to you, and we are certainly not the losers, as we talk talk to David and the Duchess from Space Elevator. Welcome. Hello, thank you very much. That was that was amazing. That was amazing in itself. Thank God we've got more than one EP. Well, love, this is lovely to have you two on board. Lovely to be here. Podcast. And it's a real first for us because um, we normally have got one person that Sven and I can um, uh, talk nicely to. And now we've got two people. So we've got four yeah. people. And so uh, it's a real first for us here on, on the Voices of Russ Ballard, isn't it, Sven? It's, it's amazing. I, I couldn't really sleep last night, to be honest. Okay, I think that was a lie. I was re- pretty much looking forward to this podcast. That's what happens. Oh, that's fantastic. If you, eat, that's, if you eat so late in the day, that's what will happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we could we could say we ought to fasten our seat belts while we go up in the elevator. Thank you, Landon. It should be a crazy trip. Yes. Oh, this is so yeah, good. Let's, let's, and break new ground. <laughs> let's push the button let's see where the elevator brings us to and uh, why not just jump into the questions we have prepared some uh, hopefully good questions okay Ian, it's your time to say yes of course yes of course Finn. ah lovely yeah good Mind question so um first of all we are always very interested in hearing do you come from a musical family and of course, we start with the Duchess. The ladies first. She's back in town. <laughs> well, our bass player in the band, our bassist, is my brother. So you could say, um, yes, he's. Um, I sort of grew up listening to him, learning to play his instrument. And um, my dad is a bit of a guitarist, but just amateur, not really taking it any further. Um, my granddad had a really good voice. But nothing was done sort of professionally until sort of me and my brother started to explore that more. What about you, David? Yeah, I sort of did in the sense that my dad was a jazz musician um, and he was a pretty good classical piano player as well. And at some point we actually ended up playing together a bit. He, he was in a big band, like a 20-piece swing band kind of thing. And I played guitar on that a little bit. And, um, but it was really only him. My mum played the piano a little bit. But I think I'm right in saying I've got a great-grandmother, great-grandma, great-great-grandmother on my mum's side who was a concert pianist. Mm-hmm. Oh. It just popped into my head now. It's, but it's true. And I didn't just make it up now. Uh, but other than that, my sister dabbled on a couple of instruments, scraped away on the old violin when she was 12, uh, if, if she's listening. 
And um, other than that, that was it, really. So, yeah, my dad was a musician, although that wasn't necessarily that relevant to me growing up because he was a jazz musician and I was into maybe rock and ultimately we ended up playing together when I was an adult, but you know, it wasn't, he didn't play the guitar or anything. So, you know, but there was, there was kind of music around. I don't know what it is with musicians, but whoever, you know, you talk to Russ, you talk to the, music, the musicians that we've, we've spoken to on here from the, from the Chris White to Steve Rodford to, mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and all of you are just good at everything, you know, underwater tiddlywinks, you'd be good at ah. it. So fucking special. <laughs> any, anyway, um, let's move okay. on. Let's move on. So <laughs> move on to the second part. Let's, yeah, let's talk about your musical career because before we go on to this great band that you've got, we'd love to hear what you what you've done previously to this in terms of career yeah. and, and or maybe alongside the band. I don't know. Well, I was always in uh, local rock bands and writing stuff. Um, again, with my brother was on bass and um, always had dreams of being a rock star one day. <laughs> um, I took a bit of a sideways walk into musical theatre for a while and um, then they always come back to rock, don't they? Mm. <laughs> but I'd known, I'd known David. How long have we known each other? Um... I'll tell you how long we've known each other. We've known each other since New Year's Eve 1994. Yeah. Wow. I was an amoeba. I was obviously just not even fully formed. You were you were five <laughs> and I was nine. <laughs> uh, but, but the reason we sorry, just to jump in on that, the reason the reason we know each other was I was doing this kind of duo thing myself and a female singer, Danish female singer, funny enough, Sven coming back to the fact, do you like going on with Denmark? Just trying to tie that in for you there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she cleared off for some reason to do something around it. And I had this gig on New Year's Eve, like a party gig kind of thing, right? And it was just like backing tracks, me on the guitar and, and, and this girl had been singing. And, um, and that's how we met, wasn't it? Because a mutual friend mm-hmm. in touch with me and you did the gig. So that's how we met originally. But um, we, we've kind of, I was going to say fallen in and out. We haven't fallen in and out with each other over the years, but we've fallen in and out of work with each other over the years. Mm. And then sort of, I mean, we, we we started doing stuff together. And then in between that, I was, as I say, I was going off doing some musical theatre. Then I did BVs for a few people. Um, I actually did um, BVs with Steve, Steve Van Zandt, which was really nice, and Richie Zambora. And wow. that sort of, you know, led to, I still do some bbs for a few people here and there now so um but david suggested writing some stuff together and we we originally we wrote uh the music to a shock rock musical Mm. about a a serial killer in a high school in america Mm. and um that went to the edinburgh festival as you do and then one one day he said to me why don't we write an album of stuff that we really want to listen to and it sort of went from there but yeah. D- David, you talk about what you did before, before then. Yeah. Um, it's the same old story, you know. You know, you're in rock bands that never get anywhere, you know. And there's, so there's a lot of that. And um, but I mean, I had I had, a, I had a sort of conventional day job until I was about thirty. And just to tie that in a little bit, Brian, our drummer, he's quite interesting in the sense that he was, he was, he were, you know, when we when we left school, he's a couple of years younger than me. But when when we left school. Um, he worked for the bank. He worked, went into the bank. His dad was a bank manager. Security, my love. Take that to the bank. My 
And he started working for the bank. Now, at, at some point or other, when he would have been about, I don't know, 24 or something, there was a point where he was all set to become the youngest. Uh, I think I'm right in saying this. I think this is right. He was set to become the youngest Barclays Bank manager. When a bank manager was a big deal, right? He was set to become the youngest Barclays Bank manager at a certain point, And he quit to go and do a three-month summer season playing the drums with a comedian. <laughs> which seemed like the most completely yeah. random thing to do for him yeah um, yeah and he, and he and he quit the job and and he went off and became a you know just become a kind of pro sessiony kind of drummer uh, and that was interesting for me because it meant that you know he's, he's been my he's sort of my best mate and we've been mates since we were teenagers and played in basketball since we were teenagers but that was relevant to me because i got to you know up to that point i thought a professional musician was either a rock star or they're in the royal philharmonic it was hard to envisage you know i mean they, even though you knew they were like session musicians but it was like well, what is that how do people actually make a living as a musician when they're not in queen or something you know how does that work mm. so that was quite interesting so i could watch that and a couple of years later i basically did the same just the same sort of thing kicked in my day job and just went i'll just make a living somehow playing the guitar but musically up to that point it was basically rock bands writing their own tunes not really getting anywhere and then became a bit more serious about the guitar actually in my 20s so i, I got into playing jazz guitar for a bit I got into playing a lot of classical guitar, and um, I I I became friendly with a guy called Carlos Bonell, who's a who's a concert guitarist, and I produced some of his albums, and that that became a big deal. Then I ended up doing the Queen show thing, uh, which was sort of a roundabout thing, which was to do with the musical we were talking about earlier, which was a rock musical. We were commissioned, by the way, to write the music for that. We didn't think let's write a rock musical. We were commissioned by a, a, a fairly uh, successful British um, screenwriter, TV and theatre screenwriter. And just through somebody who knew somebody, he was trying to get music written for the shock rock Alice Cooper style musical, right? And it sort of landed in our laps. And we just started writing together. Let's just write songs and see if we can sell one to, you know, Will Young or something. I don't know, whatever. And we started doing this. And this thing sort of landed in our lap. And, and we said, oh, yeah, we'll have a go at this. So we did it and we went for it. And it did actually end up doing it. It did a it did a premiere thing in the West End, actually. And then it did the Edinburgh Festival thing. But this is all stretched out over years. Nothing would happen for four years. Then it'd do a show in the West End and nothing would happen for three years. Then it would do a three-week run at the Edinburgh Festival. Ah, blah, blah, blah. On and on and on. So that's kind of how a writing thing came together. I got to the classical guitar thing, did the Amos with Carlos, uh, which were of, of varying levels of success, somewhere, somewhere. And... Uh, the guy who was the musical director on the music, uh, the musical, the rock musical, said to me, oh, you like, oh, sorry, I should just interject that Carlos Bonell, the guitar player, we also went to Venezuela and recorded an album of Queen music with a symphony orchestra and Carlos playing guitar, which I produced. We got Brian May to endorse that. That was before I did We Were Rocky. But the guy who was the musical director for the orchestra, uh, he was a British guy who went over there, who was the MD on, a, on the show that we did, our rock musical thing, he said to me, oh, you, you like Queen and you've written a rock, you should play in We Will Rock You. And I'm like, how'd you do that then? And at this point, I'd only been doing classical guitar gigs for the previous five years. I haven't done any electric guitar stuff at all. And somebody led to somebody meeting somebody and da 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 da, da. Ended up doing that show. But I was I was a cover guitar player for, if you don't know how this, I don't know if you know how this works, but they have, these shows all have permanent, fully employed, sick pay type musicians. It's like a, it's like a nine to five job, if you like. Sure. So they've got that gig. 
And I was just, I was a cover guy for one of the, one of the guys. So if he wanted the day off, I went and did it. So I ended up doing about 500 shows. So I read, I read that you'd done 500 shows, which is still yeah. quite, that's still quite, quite a bit of work. It's, it's quite a lot, but if you're Neil Murray, you've done thousands. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's 500 over kind of seven years. So you're doing, what is that? 75 a year or something? One or two a week kind of a thing. Yeah. So, so that was, that was, that was really cool. And the relevance of that being that when we started the Space Elevator thing, which was the two of us writing songs and going, let's make this, let's record a rock album as the two of us, whatever we're going to call that. And then we got Neil Murray in because I'm, I knew Neil because he was the resident bass player at We Were Rocky. Yeah. And Elliot Ware was the musical director when I started at We Were Rocky. He wasn't by the time we did the Space Elevator thing. He'd moved on to Rock of Ages and then he did the, um, he was in charge. Kinks of, one. Uh, the Kinks one, that was it, thanks, yeah. He did the Kinks one. Um, but he was a big... He was a big fan of like, he, he, he was a bit unusual in the respect that most, you know, most, not all clearly, but most keyboard players you meet, probably a bit careful about this, you tend to meet keyboard players <laughs> who are either jazz or classical or musical theatre. Whereas he'd go, yeah, I know First or Fifth by Genesis is this. <laughs> yes, I know Subdivisions by Rush is this. Right? <laughs> So we were like, wow, I've never met a keyboard player like you before. This is amazing. Do you want to be in our band? So that's, uh, that's, that's where that came from. So sorry, I got a bit off topic there, but that's, so that's you, just about bringing you there. Then you started off the space elevator thing. Um, this is, is really interesting. So the two of you started writing songs together. You uh -huh. put together a band, uh -huh. uh, Neil Murray on bass, uh -huh. which was kind of a surprise to me as... Uh -huh. Queen fan, diehard Queen fan, and, and yeah. someone who played has played so many shows for, for mm. the We Will Rock You show. He probably said after about the two thousandth, he said something like, "Oh, here I go again." I think. Do you know what my theory is about Neil Murray? David what? Coverdale. David Coverdale. I watched a documentary. The one you told me to watch that was on Channel 5 the other yeah. night about White Snake. And it was all like David Coverdale decided to get these pretty boys in in, in the 90s to, to revamp the band. He kicked Neil Murray out because he was too sexy. There you go. That's my theory. Brilliant. <laughs> I thought he looked really good. He looked amazing. He did. And he did Bernie and Bernie Marsden as well. I think he fell out with Mr. Coverdale at the time for yeah. similar reasons, perhaps. I think yeah. people fall out with Mr. Coverdale, is that right? Yeah, I don't know. He's a lovely man, by the way, Mr. Marsden. I saw him on a, I saw him on a crew, a blues cruise trip. Would you believe oh, when right. he was? Yeah, he was very, um, yeah, with with, with Joe Bonamassa. It was a Joe Bonamassa headline gig, right. but um, but yeah, I that was good. But, but yeah, it was very good, and and Peter Frampton as well. Wow. So Joe Bonamassa, oh. Peter Frampton, and you get different people. Anyway, but um, Bernie Marsden was a real gentleman and a lovely guy and remembered Russ as well, by the way. Oh, right. nice. Yeah, very, nice. Cool. very good, very good. Lovely. Yeah. But now, let's move on. We need to ask a question. <gasps> well, I think 1,000 people already asked the same stupid questions, but yeah. I want let's to hear there. the true story. Yeah. What's the story behind your band name? You want to go for this? Or should you, you go. Well, I guess it's not easy to come up with a band name, is it? We did have lots of meetings about this. And I think 
I think I was sort of having the idea of coming up with something bombastic, over the top, a bit like Led Zeppelin, something massive, something bigger than, you know, we're not going to just take over the world. We want to get beyond the world's atmosphere and go up in a space elevator and reach out to space. <laughs> and it just, it just sounded massive. And it is a bit like, huh? Space elevator? What is that? Um, and I think the first album, we, we, took a, we took a few, we ran with, we ran with it a bit and we, we had a couple of songs that did follow that theme. Uh. Um, like We Can Fly and Elevator and Gallifrey Dreams. Um, but yeah, just, just, it just wanted to be larger than life, I guess. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we should at this point, we should at this point as well say, um, I think mm. it would be a good time. We didn't say at the top of the show that um, talking to you, one of the reasons that we're going to be talking in a big, you know, amount of detail in, in a moment or two is the new album. And I'm going to mention it already uh, straight away now, Persona Non Grata, the new album from Space Elevator. So I'm just throwing that in because we'll be coming back. And the, the more I mention it in the podcast, the more people will remember the name Persona non grata. Persona non grata, yeah. Um, which is available and a great package, by the way, because I speak through experience that the package, the CD, the vinyl package and all that is, is, is really worth it. But I'm sure you two will tell us more about that a little later. But anyway, I'm interjecting there. So, um, but, but before we get to that, um, he says, having delivered an advert. Um, I like it. Tell us about, tell us about your, now there's one big mu musical influence that David has already mentioned yes. about, which just about comes over, I think, uh, <laughs> in, in the songs. Um, are there any so. other big musical uh, influences? Because you know, I've read some, I, I did a, a lot of Google work, you know, instead of, you know, mm. people calling you heart meets queen meets God knows what. And I don't know how you feel about that and whether that's something that you've deliberately done or whether that's something you like. So over to you two. What do you think? Uh, shall I go first, David? Yeah, you go first, yeah. Um, I think for me, my big influences like growing up it was the Beatles and the Stones and then it was literally Alice Cooper I went crazy for Alice Cooper there was a friend of my class at school that um, copied all the the early albums for me and I just loved his his difference in styles where he did stuff that was a bit old music hall and um, sometimes some big, big sort of jazzy dance numbers interjected with the heavy rock and it was scary and it was theatrical. So I really enjoyed that. And then also Queen, getting into Queen, really admired Freddie, just sitting at the piano and coming up with those songs, just incredible. Again, the theatrical element. But also Kate Bush, um, really enjoyed Kate Bush. And a lot of heavy rock, Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith, um, Genesis, Thin Lizzy. I think that's my main one, David. But yeah, before, I mean, if David, before we go to you, I just want to pick uh, up on something the Duchess said there about Alice Cooper, the Alice Cooper influence, mm. and, and it's another shameless plug for your new video, which I think is out today because it dropped into my inbox earlier on today as as mm. being out on the 18th. And the reason I say that is because. Your eye makeup is is perhaps influenced in that video by uh, by Alice. Certainly think. is. Yeah. Right. Okay. 
So Absolutely. everybody has to go on YouTube now and see the video <laughs> for Persona and Grasa part two. Is that, have I got that part right? Part two, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. quite funny i mean on the one hand yeah i mean i'm it's funny is that people say what's influences and i always think well i don't know really i mean i know what bands i like but i don't know if that necessarily makes them an influence if that makes sense now the queen thing yeah we are influenced by queen because we're big fans of queen but other than queen for a day we don't sit down and go let's write a queen song just sit down and write songs. Now, obviously, the stuff that you're into sort of comes through. By the same token, I absolutely adore, say, ACDC, but nothing we play comes out sounding like ACDC. I feel like again, some of the, the harmonies we put on the songs, though, and some of your hmm. some of your guitar The guitar of, work. I think it's just, yeah. the, just the guitar work, which reminds people of Brian May when he's playing yeah. the old lady. Yeah. But I think that's that's the influence. And, of course, but then, yeah, Queen for but a then Day to be, but then to be is fair. an amazing track with... Lots of Queen influences in it. But, but one <laughs> yeah. of the things I like about the guitar work, if I can say this as a kind of fan, as rather than somebody who's interviewing you, if you like, is the fact that David's guitar goes from being funky, right, sort of a, a funky sort of feel to it, to yeah. then ripping a, a a crybaby, you know, pedal guitar solo that, that is something out of gary moore or brian robinson you know that to have the same thing in the same song is pretty unique you're pretty different to me I suppose, is it i don't know yeah maybe it is oh thank you i don't know um it's just a really interesting question isn't it because obviously obviously anybody is influenced by whatever we've heard you know but influenced always sort of implies you know when anybody says influenced by this out there like a like a conscious or deliberate thing so Queen for a Day, that song was deliberately written to sound like a Queen song. It was deliberately written to sound like a Freddie at the Piano song in 6A, In the Lap of the Gods, kind of that type of Queen song, as opposed to a Tie Your Mother Down kind of Queen song. Right. And, um, and we got Mike Moran to play the piano because obviously you've got the Freddie and, he, and all the rest of it. But having said that, I've spoken to people who are you know, big Queen fans. So we're doing the song Queen for a Day and we've got Mike Moran to play and he plays to me and he goes, it doesn't really sound like Queen. Which is quite interesting. In terms of, <laughs> it sounds like a Queen song, but it doesn't really sound like Queen if you get my drift. Even though, even though the guitar parts are deliberately written to go like, can you, can you guess Brian May's on this? Even though he's not. <laughs> uh, you know, that's obviously very. And I do know how to do a Brian May impression to some degree because of We Were Rocky. Um, you know, but and so yeah, we. You are stick a, some clogs on and you hug a badger. And that's what I do. That's what I do. I always put the clogs on before I play anything. It's meant to sound a bit like Brian May. Um, and try and be a bit taller but it's um i don't know the influence thing for me you know i, I just like the same old cliche pe things that any geezers my age like really i like queen i like kiss i like rush i like genesis i like led zeppelin i like steely dan i like um uh who do i like it bites it bites are quite a big influence on, on us actually yeah um and they're not such a well-known band um, less successful than the others and not been around for many years. But um, we are also interested in uh, sort of jazzy music and we're interested in classical and we're interested in these other things and we're interested in funk music. And as, as maybe this is more pertinent, as, as working musicians, and I say this about all four of us, and Michael Bramo, who played piano on the, on the, album, the last two albums as well, actually, 
in our non-space elevator day jobs as musicians, we have played varying styles of music. So if we want to stick in a kind of trad jazzy thing in the military, we do know how to do it because we have actually played that music. Mm. You see what I mean? Mm. But and, and I think that was maybe where the more of the Queen influence comes in insofar as you could go, well, Queen would do this. And, you know, they wouldn't be scared to do this. So we are not scared to do it. At the end of the day, all these different styles come together, in my opinion, on your new album, Persona Non Grata. Um, just a little reminder for our listeners. So go to www.spaceelevatorband.com. An audio package. So I will ask you one more question. Uh, and uh, Ian, can I ask you for a favor? Can you just remove this uh, Les Paul in the background and <laughs> Ryan May rat special replica? Sorry. And for, yeah. all for all of our listeners, I can see Les Paul in the background where Ian is sitting. And I know <laughs> he owns a rat special replica signed by Brian May, Paul Rogers, <gasps> and RMT. Wow. Whoa. But the yeah, go away, go away. Let's go off to the next question. My, I think, <laughs> sense, my red special is actually black, so it probably doesn't really count. But there you go. I saw that. I saw that on you. You were you were written, um, a rat. You were um, auctioning it or something. Is that well? I sort of was. I sort of was, and in the end, I didn't. I kept it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I've, I've collected a few guitars, and then just that one in the background, by the way, is, was owned by a certain Gary Moore. It's a 58 uh, Les, wow. Paul, Les Paul standard. Why don't you just sell it and retire? He, he, he used it. I have retired. Um, he used. <laughs> that was my next question. <laughs> he, used, he used it as um, on the front cover of um, uh, "Good Bad for Your Baby." There, they are. Be using it in some um, publicity shoots. Oh wow! Um, he's still got the receipt of where he bought it in Brighton. Anyway, um, not very visual for our listeners, so I think I ought to get off that. Sorry, so Stan, you were going to talk about it. I can see it. Right. Wow. So okay, Ian, go and grab your red special and bring the holy guitar if possible. So off to the next, off to the next question. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I hear some influences from by, by 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 a certain guy called Mr. Russ Ballard. I don't know if you ever heard of this man. Oh yeah, amazing. Um, some of your songs from Persona Non Grata, but before Persona Non Grata, you released already two brilliant, really fantastic albums. Yep. Thank you. Um, <laughs> The uh, your debut album was released in 2014, simply titled Space Elevator. Tell us a little bit about your first full record. Well, do you know what that album we didn't we didn't have a band when we wrote the songs, did we, David? No, we it didn't. Was, it was kind of the songs all were written first, and literally we got into the rehearsal studio and um, with Elliot and Neil and. We had to sort of build them up from from the the sort of the demos that we had. Mm. We took on a new life, didn't they? With, with those yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Massively. Um, and I guess the first the first track, I was imagining a bit of Led Zeppelin style. Well, the, I've got to mention one track on there, and uh, you know we always get an excuse to tee up some tracks. Loneliness, loneliness of love. Oh, what a track that is. That is just an absolute killer track. What do you think? Thank Scott? you. Oh. I, 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 it's, honestly, I, I've not stopped playing it for a long, long time. That, that to me, 
I think it's the best track on the album. But Sven and I like to disagree on these things. Go on, Sven. We are the losers. We are the oh. losers. It's by far the best track on the whole album. Thank you, Sven. Uh, you're, you're both wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it really it, it's such track? a... You know, the thing with, with with your music, with your style, whatever it is, on each and every album, you are able to deliver an epic track, at least one really big track. Yeah. But um, on the new today, album, more than is, one. Uh, on the new album, Persona Non Grata, which is available in all good records. <laughs> uh, um, it's and good. the it has yeah. slash store. There you go. But nevertheless, <laughs> let's play. Let's play only for Ian. So hugs and kisses, my friend. Loneliness uh -huh. of love.
And that was The Loneliness of Love, uh, which also there is a great video on YouTube of that, of the band playing it live. Yeah. Is that yeah. the Cambridge Rock Festival? Have I got that? No, that, that, the London to Love one was just a gig we did in High Wycombe in Buckinghamshire. Oh, that was just our own gig. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? That's, that's, that's that's definitely, I think that is probably by, by far the, the fans love that track the most out of that first album. Would you say yeah. that, David? Yes, I would say that. I mean, I don't mean I would say that. Yeah. Would I? I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, it's, but I didn't like it to start with, that one. No. I mean, I. <laughs> it's really funny. And Brian really liked it as well, actually. But what's really interesting is um, it, we have, I mean, I don't know what you think about this. I, I think we're agreed on this, that we have, and we've, we found this, it'd be interesting what you two guys think about this. We, um, you write a bunch of songs, right, for an album. And certainly not so much with Space Elevator 2, I didn't think, but more with the first album and with this one. Persona, Persona and Grata, in case anyone hasn't got that. Mm-hmm. Persona and Grata. To my mind, there are, there. You know, personally, I'd stand behind every song we've ever recorded. I don't. We've. I've never. Re- we have never recorded a song that I think mm, that's a filler. Now, somebody else might think that, but we have believed in every song we've recorded. If you see what I mean. Sure. Um, but within that, there are songs where we we all kind of go, yeah, anyone could have written that. And there's other songs where we go, not like oh, only we could have written this, but there are songs which we think are kind of specific to us, if you get my drift. And we've got a bit of a, but what's been interesting with Loneliness of Love is Loneliness of Love is a kind of song where we think, I, I think, yeah, a lot of bands could have sort of done that, where a lot of bands wouldn't have done, for example, We Are The Losers, for instance. No. Um, and on the first album, I think there are songs like Ordinary Day. I love Ordinary Day, actually, but Ordinary Day, Loneliness of Love, More Than Enough, um, off the top of my head, which are sort of just kind of generic rock songs, if you like. Whereas I thought when we wrote, for my money, the best song on that album is I Will Find You. But I think songs like that are like, oh, we've done something that doesn't sound particularly like anybody else with I Will Find You. And a bit, also a bit the same with We, uh, we Are The Losers and maybe even with We Can Fly. Um, um, so I think that, and on the new album, what's interesting, where I'm sort of trying to get to with this, sorry, rather poorly is, on the new album, there's the same things that play. Now, there's one track on the new album, which we think, yeah, that's just a generic rock song. Anyone can do that. And now a few people have heard the album for a few weeks. And just about, I mean, it would be exceptional for num- somebody not to put this song in their top three that we think is, yeah, anybody could do that. So, and I'm now coming around to, well, maybe we should bung this out as a single because everybody but everybody but everybody is going, oh, that's the one I like. And we're going, what, that one? So (laughs) there we are, which is like the loneliness of love of the new album, if you like. Right, well, we're going we're gonna to be getting to the, the new album, which is called Persona Non Grata. It is called Persona Non Grata. And, um, is it? Um, yeah, it is. But I just, I just want uh, just a quick one about Mike Moran. I actually, um, he's, a, he's a really, really lovely guy. And I, I actually knew him, um, I've lost touch with him. So uh, right. do, do say hello to him for me and say that if he remembers me, um, he was, I was the person that he wore a tie to go to lunch with. I'm not going to say anymore. But just remember Ooh. that. Just say that to me. Mm. so uh yeah because all the rest yes yeah, confidential and all that kind of he wore a tie he to go to lunch he, with you he felt he had to wear a tie to go to lunch with me wow. but, I okay. but i can't say why i always wow. do when i go to lunch with ian 
Uh, but that's that's another story. Well, well, do you wear anything else or just the tie? <laughs> it's like the Monty Python guy on the yeah, anyway. Let's not go yet. Um, uh, so yeah, we're going to move on one. to the to album two, aren't we, Sven? Yeah, because we yeah. So so let's talk about the second album and just a brief chat on that. But we 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 couldn't talk to you by not mentioning it. And obviously, Queen for a day, which is you know fabulous, and we, you've already been talking about it. And we we, we should play that now. Oh yes, go for it, please.
what you're thinking about that uh, queen for a day <laughs> so tell us so tell us a little bit about your thoughts about the second album specifically obviously for the the, the track itself um okay so my own personal view at that point was um we wanted to make an album that was more the first album was we were we consciously made it 50 50 between the guitar and the piano or the guitar and the keyboards let's say by the time we did the second album we were now a gigging band and we didn't have a live keyboard player and we did have keyboard parts on track and we played to clicks and stuff sometimes but we didn't have a live keyboard player and we developed more into more of a, a rock band in that respect because it was more guitar based because we didn't have a live keyboard player and the idea was let's I shouldn't. I've just said what I've said about we're not being massively influenced by Queen. I'm going to give you a Queen example, which was we wanted to go from a day in the races to news of the world, if anybody knows what that means. So the idea was to kind of streamline things a little bit, make them a bit more rocky. By the time we recorded Space Elevator 2, we were now a band and we had gig and we did quite a lot. Um, The four of us, Chaz as well, and Brian and the two of us. So um, we wanted the songs to be more um, generally a bit shorter um it's quite a long album actually that's because there's quite a lot of songs on it but the songs are actually a little bit short things like take the pain and world of possibilities and crazies and stuff um always time quite long um so it was it was a kind of more direct album and for my money it's more of a sort of cohesive album it feels mm-hmm. more like um um it's less flamboyant than the first one is that, is that another is another word for commercial can i can i be naughty and say no, I don't. I don't. I don't right. think so, really, okay. because um, no, I just nothing wrong with that, by the way. No, no, no. I know. Um, God, I wish we were more commercial. Um, I don't know. Is it was it more commercial? It wasn't that. It was more along the lines of just trying to not have any flab in the songs, really. Mm. Whereas with the first time we were just like, we're going to write what the hell we write, and that's it. We don't give a toss, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Not that we were going to write "Supper's Ready," but we're not going to. You know, if this song's five and a half minutes long, it's five minutes long. So what? Mm. Not that we weren't doing or consciously not doing that on the second album, but the whole thing just felt like it wanted to be a bit more direct and a bit more, not more guitar as in more widdly widdly guitar playing or anything, but it was more based around the live band of guitar based yeah, vocals, right? Live, yeah. So that was kind of it. And and on that album, there were tunes like Take the Pain and Far Away Boy and maybe Lucky Girl even that we played live before we'd recorded them, which was a complete reverse of the first album. Um, so that was the thinking for that one. So I think the album has more of um, a cohesive feel about it. Maybe it feels more like a band album, if that makes sense. But maybe that's just in my head because I know how we did both of them. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. people listening to it don't think like that. What about you, Duchess? What about you? I mean, the, 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 there's just that. There's two videos, isn't there? There's the unplugged version of the song we've been talking about. Mm. But what, 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 what's your thoughts on on that? Session? On Queen for a Day. On Queens for a Day and maybe the album itself, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with David. It's, it did feel... It's it's interesting, actually, because a lot of the songs are heavier than the first album, but then there's there's a, there's a um, All This Time and One That Got Away, so it's kind of... Uh. I'm, I'm thinking now maybe that album's a bit too long. <laughs> too many tracks. Yeah, but I really like... I mean, I, lo- I like Keep Waiting and... Um, Queen for a Day and um, World of Possibilities. I think I think that there's some of my favourite songs on there that I still. Keep I, I, I really love what you think amazing. about that. Keep Sorry. waiting is really good, and uh, we don't we don't want to keep the people waiting now. 
Let's Persona Non Grata, your latest album, and it's it's out. People buy the record, buy the record, support the artist. Go to spaceelevatorband.com. Uh, go to your next best record dealer. Just buy yeah. the album and do us a favor and just buy the album. Two always or support three the times. artist. We always say, Sven, just to keep it. Support the artist. And Sven, and, Sven and I yeah. both got the um, the vinyl, and I, it's brilliantly packaged. It's a it's a great piece, and you can hold it in your hand, unlike listening to a song. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's different. It's really a different album. Um, yeah. Of course, it, look and feel is different to Space mm-hmm. Elevator and Space Elevator 2. So it, it looks like, well, the band really, really came together now. And the, the tracks are fantastic. If you listen to it more than one time, you can't decide which, what is, what is your favorite track? Ian, what's your favorite? When I listen to it the first time, one chat track jumped out at me and it was passive aggression that that jumped out at me since then i've changed my mind that's gone to two and Ooh, i don't think david david's gonna like it but um maybe he will love you better is the track oh. it's absolutely outstanding that track it's got every and it's 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 melodic i think it's commercial it's commercial it's it's oh. um you know, you're humming it. Well, you're not humming it, but he's going around in your head. That track to me, I can't stop playing. That, Thank that, you. Absolutely the killer track.
Thank you very much. Yeah, that's that's okay, Ian. I, I must what about disagree. you, Sven? I must disagree with you. Go on, yes. <laughs> disagree. Go on, I want to hear. I, I, hear. I must do. I, I can't say, oh, yeah, I love, I I love Passive Aggression. Well, it's, it's a really good song, but what about the Duchess of this town? What about Stevie Nicks' Smile? Oh, the yes. children cry. Great songs. Great songs. Love them. Oh, oh thank agree you. With me. Lovely. I, Richie? Yeah. Yeah. Richie's yeah. up tempo. Richie's funky somehow. Yeah. There's, there's a I lot think the the biggest compliment I think I could pay this new album is when I, and I do like my playlist and I was putting together a space elevator playlist and it was becoming, getting to the point where the new album, every track was going to be on the playlist of the best of space <gasps> wow. elevator. So oh, honestly, and um, really good album. Yeah. And yeah. oh, thank you. I don't know whether you can hear this. I'm going to play you the beginning of a song, right? And see if you recognize this and hear a little, a little influence potentially. That guitar at the beginning. Is that Russ Ballard? Who's that? No, that's actually Heat Wave in the, the beginning of oh, the, my goodness. The, the, the groove line. Is it really? Uh, and yeah, and, uh, and it, I don't know that Love You Better brings together. And I was talking yeah. earlier about actually killer guitar solos, but also that funky. It's got a whole, it's got everything. And it's, it's got the melodic um, chord changes. It's brilliant. Thank you. I'm really pleased that you like it, actually, because um, that song is a little bit of an outlier within the album in some ways. A bit like what do you think about that was on the last one. Um, but we do like, we do like a bit of funky, funky dunky, let's be right. So, um, you know, um, and we try to sort of rock it a bit. And there's a couple of heavy chords in there and stuff, but it's it's obviously a kind of funky. Didn't you say you wrote the the the? the I really love the lyrics on that, by the way. Yeah. Particularly, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I love that my, my favorite lyric on the entire album is on that song, which is, "And you can tell me all about the downward trajectory of the crane industry." <laughs> I think working that into a song is incredible. Yeah. I think that's the true mark of genius. <laughs> so, what do you see as future singles then? Uh, ignore what I ignore me because it doesn't. Uh, well, uh, well, actually, here, here's the thing: "Passive Aggression" is the song that everybody, but everybody goes, "I love that passive aggression." Yeah, I love that song, "Passive Aggression," in the way that "Loneliness and Love" was. Like, now, I mean, I love, I, I love it too. Don't get me wrong; I, I love the song. I absolutely love it. Um, but it's the kind of song that's no, I, I love the I love the song. I love the vocal. It's interesting because it. the first time you played me the chords, mm -hmm. I, I came up with, with a melody line in the lyrics straight away. So I think it definitely spoke to me more than all yeah. the others straight away. She wonders why she's going round in circles again. 
Yeah, yeah. Do you know this is interesting because I wonder if when you are, um, you know, I'm not very experienced at making records. You know, I've made three records of my own music in my life, and it's these three, right? But although I've recorded, you know, demos and things and all the rest of it in the past, but I wonder if you have a kind of perception that the songs that were quite easy to write are not as good. Not well, as maybe, easy. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, if they're easy to write, they're not as good. Not meaning by that, oh, I wrote the song song and it was really, really hard to write it. I don't mean that. But so, for, for example, I'm really, really, I'm really, really pleased from just from the point of view of the way we wrote the song of First Skill on the Moon. Because mm. I'm really pleased with the chord changes. I'm really pleased with all those key changes at the end and all those chords. And believe you me, it was tortuous recording the demo because I recorded the demo on the piano and I can't play the piano. And I was going, and I had this really crappy way of recording, which I've now replaced. Well, Adam replaced for me when we recorded the album, which was I had this Tascam machine where the buttons would all stick. So I'd be, I'd go, oh, record button, won't record. And I'm literally recording, I'm going, right, I've got to play G flat seven. What? Well, that must be this note and this note and this note and this note. And I go, hit the record button, the thing wouldn't record, and eventually record it and go, click, 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 clang, miss, stop, stop it again. And it was, it was painful. And it just took forever to get that done. And then, of course, once the vocals were written in that beautiful melody, and then Mike Bramwell played the piano. And my big guitar statement on that song, by the way, was I wanted uh, Dutch back me up on this i wanted no guitar on that song none i wanted no there was no guitar on this record and in the end adam kind of talked me into it and you did a bit as well i think um because they just there's a little bit of clean guitar on the last choruses just to give it a bit of color because mm -hmm. adam saying there's a lot of effects and stuff on it and like we, we need we need something just a different sound in the in the end so we put the guitar on it um but i love the vocal on that i love the lyrics on it and I think that song, from our point of view of writing a song, is more unusual for us to write that than it would be to see write passive aggression or loneliness or love. But that doesn't mean to say that anybody's going to connect with that song any more than they're going to connect with passive aggression, which is obviously more of a driver on windows down, hits you immediately kind of a song. Yeah. So yeah, maybe 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 I, I could see why you, I could see why passive aggression is going to be a choice of a single. I, I can see that. Yeah. Mm. first time listening of the album it jumped out and Sven and I were talking yeah. a couple of weeks ago I said I played the album at that track Pacifica and we were both saying the same thing do you remember Sven? Yeah. Well, yeah, yes, of course, I must admit, we both said <laughs> passive aggression is um, uh, outstanding. But what was funny, first time listening to Cheerful Frank, mm. it reminded me on the songwriting of a good friend of us, Russ Ballard. Uh -huh. It sounds like a Russ hey. Ballard song. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Cheerful Was Frank really? has, yeah. has yeah, now you say it's been, you're right. Russ Ballard yeah. style. Don't know. Don't know why, but yeah. Oh, really? wow. Did I find 
Indeed. It really um, is. It does have a bit of that 70s songwriter, singer-songwriter yeah, vibe to it. It's yeah. like, is it Grocer Jack or is it Grocer Jack? Is it, is it Grocer Jack? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Grocer Jack. <laughs> Just reminds me of that, Remember, with, yeah. with all the kids coming in and stuff. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, it, has got, it has got a nostalgic kind of, yeah. yeah, it has got a nostalgic kind of summery feel to it, I think. Yeah. Mm. It has something special. It's just a special yeah. song, but so is, so is the whole album. is really good. Ian, uh, it, I think it, it you is. have one more question. Yeah, well, that I mean, 
really it was a case of 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 saying about in terms of the album i think it is one of those it, one of those albums that is rare that you can actually go every track is is great and you and you don't yeah. skip you know what it's like you skip to your favorite one yeah it is for me it is it is your best album today Thank by you. far um and you know this is your opportunity now we, we joked about it but please where can people or how should people best uh, get hold of it to make sure that we support the artist? David, that's probably one for you. Do you just want to give us, before we move on, because we've got some yeah. fun questions to, to to close with and also want to hear about maybe some tours and stuff. But tell us okay, about sure. how so, everybody so can, can do yeah, that. Just, just a quick bit of background by that. We, um, we record and pay for the albums ourselves. You know, So we are not funded by anybody else. The band is completely self-funded. Um, and, you know, albums... We live in a day and age of streaming and all the rest of it, but making albums isn't necessarily that much cheaper. <laughs> so it still costs a lot of money. So um, so anybody who can support the band is great. And how you do that is by buying the albums directly from us. That's to say from spaceelevatorband.com. And there's a store there where you can buy. It's actually the only place you can get the album signed, should you have the one signed. And the only place you can get a bundle, which is the, the vinyl album, the CD, both signed, and a couple of posters as well, also all signed by the four of us. Um, of course, if people want to buy the albums in HMV, or they want to buy them in, um, yes, or they want to buy them in um, Amazon or whatever, we still get some money from that. Of course we do. We get nothing from streaming in reality. No. Um, but the best thing for us, which helps us, is to buy them from... Um, you know, if you buy them out of HMV, that's cool for us, because then HMV like us more, and our distributor likes us more, and all the rest of it. Yeah. But actually, for us to get most of the money back, it's, it's buy it, please, directly from us, which is um, which is great. And I shall package it up and take it lovingly to the post office, my good self. <laughs> I read something about your postman skills. Stop, oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Wait, wait, Oh. <laughs> You're yeah. improving your postman. I came skills. in and said to Ian earlier when he was saying, "Oh, it's a great package." And I, I kept with Ian, but what did you think of the, the actual packaging, as in no, the, the wrapping of it? Well, both I mean, actually, both. But I was thinking more about the. Yeah, I mean, I gaffled the hell out of that. You must admit, <laughs> you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. And if you move quickly, just just going back to to the last advert. Well, it might not be the last advert. Um, but if you move quickly on that website that David spoke about earlier, you can also get a very there's a very good offer on the first two albums as well, packaged together. Yes, we do. But yes, so thank you for that. We 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 bundle. Well, there's a bundle of each of the three albums. The earlier two albums, um, Space Elevator Two, is the uh, the album which is on double blue vinyl. By the way, 180 gram blue vinyl, but it's issued as a double album SPV. Signed the CD album signed. The vinyl actually comes with a CD insert in it if you want to spare for the car kind of thing. Um, and with that one, you also get half a dozen Duchess postcards, if you please. Um, <laughs> and you get a poster. And on the first album, you get the album on vinyl, the album on CD, and you get a couple of radio edit singles, which were never issued publicly, but they were they were like promo singles. Uh, one is like a five-track um taster album thing for the first album and one is we can fly uh, which is in a picture disc kind of not picture disco picture sleeve thing and and you get a poster with that one as well so that's what you get it's all good stuff folks it is so one thousand one thousand good reasons to buy the albums now i think there's a there's a 
really important rule in the music industry. Um, Ian, correct me when I'm wrong, but I think the rule goes you have to own at least three Space Elevator albums. Yeah. To yeah. call yourself a music fan. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, and one should be sealed, right? You should also think about duplicating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. You've got some real nerves because this with this came out. There is a, a Facebook group called The Voices of Russ Ballard, believe it or not. Hi, this is Steve Rodford from The Zombies, and you're listening to The Voices of Russ Ballard podcast. Um, where this podcast sort of came from, and also yeah. Russ's Facebook page and newsletter. But but just to, to say on that, we, we there's lots of people on there that like buying vinyl. Uh, people that own vinyl shops and all sorts so we'll definitely put the link uh, thank you very when, much when the podcast comes out which we obviously Sven and I've got to got to talk about thank you how, thank how you. can we see you live because I, I that's one thing I really would love to do and I, I I know you've got some dates coming up I had a sneak look do you want to give us a quick advert on how we can see you live yeah we've got we, we've got four dates coming up in June at, at the moment just four dates at the moment we've got one in Marlow which is my hometown in a theatre there's a school here which actually has an incredible theatre, which just as an aside is where we shot the Persona on Grasso video. Uh, but that's a proper gig. It's a, it's a, there'll be a bar in there. It's a standing gig. It's not it's not like a theatre gig, although it is a theatre. We move the seats out of the way. And it's going to be a rock gig um, on June the 11th. Uh, and then we've got on the on the Monday we're playing in St Albans, uh, which is Dutch's hometown. And then we're playing in, uh, that's on Monday the 13th, then we're playing in Stoke, if you please, on Thursday the 16th, will that be? And then we're playing at the Cambridge Rock Festival on the 17th, which is the Friday. That's all we've got at the moment. We'll also be playing almost certainly in London at the end of October, and I'm trying to sort out a gig somewhere in Oxfordshire, also in October at the moment, which will be nearby that, and then we'll also look for gigs further afield, but I'm trying to nail those two down. And then sort out other gigs a little bit further afield but that's that's what we've got as we speak okay and if we get news of those we'll put them Sven won't we in the uh, in the group and also oh, I, sh I should mention if you don't mind me saying so Please. Duchess and I we are doing an acoustic unplugged gig in HMV record store in High Wycombe yeah. at 1pm that's on April the 9th we're just playing we'll be playing nearly all of Persona Non Grata somehow on acoustic guitar it's wow. going to be interesting it is. Wow. That sounds. That sounds. You really want to see good. that? I want to so see save, that. Save the so, date, dear listeners. Save yeah. the date. Um, yeah, I hope. Well, as as Ian does, to see you guys live on stage one day. Um, so perhaps you want to come back to Germany to play in Cuxhaven. We well, we were supposed. To, we, were, we were supposed to be coming to Germany in April. Um, but that tour got cancelled again because, uh, for listeners who don't know, we were supposed to tour with Russ exactly in 2020 20, what year are we in 2020, 2020. and COVID yeah. got us do you know what COVID cancelled the gig COVID cancelled the gig the gigs were cancelled due to COVID two days before the first gig we uh, cannot believe it and the, the same things happened again so, because of some the of us of didn't, some of us didn't get our car hire money back on the back of that did we Sven oh no we were such a not such a nightmare and I remember yeah. as it was yesterday as I gave Russell a, a call and he and the gang was in his studio and he was so full of joy hey man we just finished off the last yeah. rehearsal I said lovely uh stay where you are yeah Don't over to Germany this country will be locked and blocked in yeah. 48 hours yeah oh. that's the same that thing like really, buying, fl buying really flights for the band to get there and it was like this is like you know can't really get this back but um, same things happen, going back to your original point about playing in Germany. 
we were supposed to be coming over in April, but that's been cancelled again because venue, availabil venue availability has been a problem because venues are either closed or they're now catching up on the gigs that have been cancelled for two years or whatever it may be. So that's yeah, now been shut back to 2023. Mm -hmm. So it's like, ah. Well, Otherwise, Ian and I will come over to the UK to see you. Please do. That's, yeah. that's it. Well, that's a promise. Yay. Ian, do yeah. you want to start the fun hmm. bit? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think so. So this is just a bit of fun to end with. And as as uh, you haven't heard any of our podcasts before, you won't know what we're going to ask you. So that's, that's, okay. even, that's even better because you can't rehearse your answers. So we're going to ask you both the same question. Um, I think we'll start with the Duchess, first of all. But we'll be coming to you, David. So you've got a sort of bit of time to rehearse. Okay. Um, so um, this is called the, the, the dinner party question. Um, we're going to start off uh, with that. And, and basically, you, you've got a chance to go to a dinner party. Mm. You can take three people with you, mm. <laughs> uh, either alive or dead. Um, and who are those three people that you would like to, to take to a dinner party? I would take Freddie Mercury. There's a surprise. Brilliant. Yes. Arsene Wenger. Oh. <laughs> and Marilyn Monroe. Whoa. Whoa. Weren't expecting that. Oh, actually, but maybe, maybe John Lennon. Uh, well, okay. We, we no, give Marilyn Monroe. I'd like give to have another woman. To so John Lennon on the table. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> wow. That's great. Could you imagine, could you imagine Freddie saying to, you know, calling Marilyn darling, but then probably, oh, yes. probably turning to Arsenal and probably saying the same thing as well. But bless him. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So, David, over to you. Oh, my God, that is, that is, oh, God, who are I? Okay, I mean, I would have said Freddie as well, but I won't say the same thing. So, I'll go, blimey. Okay, uh, I would go for Bill Linnett. Ooh. Jeremy Bowen. Do you know who that is? Not Jim Bowen, Jeremy Bowen. He's a BBC war Jim. correspondent. Fascinating guy, I read a book by him. Jeremy Bowen. He's on TV now. Um, okay. And Jeremy Bowen, yeah, definitely him. And uh, he'd be fascinating. Phil Linnett. Um, Diego Maradona. Whoa. Um, is it five? Um, is it five? Is it three? It's, it's, it's five now, as you've been such wonderful guests. It's five. Yeah. And, and, well, that's four. I mean, who would the fifth one be? Bloody hell. I don't know. Um, who would the fifth one be? Paul Stanley. Hey, Gene Paul Stanley. No, I don't know. Paul Stanley or Gene Simmons. I don't know. I'm not sure about them. I was going to say Tim Pierce because he's currently my favourite guitar player. Secession guitarist, I'd go for him. Tim Pierce, there you go. Right. Wow. Russ Ballard is actually a very nice guy to have dinner with, so we could have him, couldn't well, we? Well, we've had dinner with Russ Ballard. Yeah.
I, I heard twice. about it. I heard twice. about it. Heard and about he, was, it. he was spectacularly nice. So, you know. He is. He, is. he, he enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. So, so listen, um, over to Sven, we, over to Sven, because we've got some Desert Island questions to finish. Yeah, the, the thing is, you know, the thing is, it, it's good cop, bad cop. You, you mm. ask such a lovely question, I sent you off to a dinner and you can invite five guests. And what I do <laughs> is I sent you off to a desert island. <laughs> so well. off to a desert island and I allow you to take just one album and one single with you. <sighs> For the rest of your days. And we'll start, which start album with David and which this single time. is it? Let's start with David this time, to be fair to the Duchess, oh, so she can think God. about it. One album and one single. And no uh, record player. Uh, <laughs> only, only one. There's no, we're not going to give you any latitude at all here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The single, weirdly, uh, all right. Okay. The single I'd take would be Bohemian Rhapsody. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the bandango? Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening me. Galileo, 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 Galileo Figaro. Magnifico! Oh, I was going to say that! Uh, I got it first. No! Uh, we might be on the desert island together, in which case you don't need to bring it. Um... <laughs> And the album then would be, that's so tricky. Uh, I think I'd probably go for Live and Dangerous by Thin Lizzy. I think it was either that or a day at the races by Queen. But as I've gone for being wrapped, I'll go for live and dangerous yeah. then Duchess, what do you think? I think I probably end up taking Sergeant Pepper. And Bohemian Rhapsody, if I'm allowed to. Am I allowed to? Of course you are. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. of course you are. Other, uh, otherwise, I would suggest Love of My Life, also yeah. lovely song. Yeah, absolutely. But nothing, nothing, song. but nothing really matters, does it? Anyone can see. <laughs> nothing really matters. I know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. That, that what was, a song. Was, Amazing Not bad at choices, all. really, really Not good bad. choices. Yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoy it, and uh, I, I, I promise that we will take you back from this desert island, so you will Thank be you. able to do all your gigs in the near future and play your new album. And once again, commercial break, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, buy the new album Persona Non Grata by Space Elevator and uh, shop it online. It's, it's covered, still covered somehow. Mm. Buy online on www.spaceelevatorband.com and get your bundles and remember the first rule in this universe by at least three Space Elevator albums. They are Thank worth you. it. Band is worth it. And the band will love you better for doing that. Oh, hey, uh... <laughs>
and it's it's been great talking to you we've been, you. we've been talking to david and the duchess from space elevator so we wish you the best of luck from the future thank you because you really deserve it great musicianship great songs you know and you know we really do wish you every success thank you um, thank you so and, much and good luck with the album thank um, you so we'll get a chance to talk to these two wonderful people offline in a minute but, but for the meantime we're going to say it's goodbye from me ian at me sven see you next time bye hi this is russ ballard and you're listening to the voices of russ ballard podcast